Okay, welcome to episode 59 of the Pushing Rubber podcast. I'm your host, Adam Piggott, the host with the most, the host coming from at to you from uh, Holland. Whereabouts in Holland? Well, I'm not telling you that. What do you think? I'm crazy? Crazy! Um, When I started this podcast for the first dozen or so episodes, I did like a little musical intro on a guitar. Um playing it myself um, and then I just uh, stopped doing it I don't know why it just got too hard having to come up with something every week but but I'm tossing around the idea of uh, taking like a, a little track play it myself and that's going to be my opening track on the podcast because it'll probably sound more professional I suppose and then I can like talk over it and stuff I still have to work out how to do that on Audacity um, I'm one of these people that that grabs a computer program, in this case Audacity, and I'll I'll figure out the absolute basics of what I need to do and then I'll do it and I'll never look at it again. As long as as long as I've got the basics down. Ah, whatever. Okay. So I have to go back to it and have to look at because um Audacity's a great program and it's free. I mean thank you very much. But it's ah oh, it's not very user friendly in the sense that it gets a bit complicated. Well, maybe that's just me not used to this sort of stuff because I am, uh, um, I'm not technically incompetent. I'm technically averse. Does that make sense? I just, I've got better things to do with my time than sit here trying to work out stuff on Audacity. But I think I'm going to have to do it. So I'm going to have to record a little musical track. I don't know what I'll do. I suppose if I record, you know, I was doing a whole lot of bunch of Led Zepp pieces when I was uh, doing them to intro. I'd like to do Over the Hills and Far Away. It's kind of Over the Hills Over the Hills and Far Away by Zepp is probably, if I pick up a guitar and I haven't picked up a guitar for a while, that's the automatic first tune I'll play. Just the opening to open. It's just, it's just it's probably my favourite song of Jimmy Page. Out of all the songs he wrote, I wish if I could say, Adam, one song. Well, oh, obviously to be... The one that makes you the most money, which would probably be Stairway to Heaven or Cashmere, one of those two, I suppose. Um, a whole lot of love. Cool. It, I mean, yeah, Stairway to Heaven would be out in front. But if I could pick pick the song that, you know, I'd pick it Over the Hills and Far Away, I think. I like that song a lot. It's a great song. But I probably won't be able to use that for the podcast going forward because if the podcast ever got more than 7.4 listeners, then... You know, Jimmy Page might kick up a stink or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Let's sort of get right into uh, right into the episode. So I'm not wasting your time and I'm not wasting my own time and I'm not wasting the cat's time. Um, the quote of the week. I'm going to do a quote of the week, I think, this week. Doesn't mean, pff, doesn't mean I'm going to do it every week. Nah, probably not. Um, and I'll, I'll put it on my Friday links as well because it's a great quote. It's from Uncle Ramus at the Woodpile Report for this week. Blaming the Las Vegas massacre on gun owners is like blaming 9-11 on frequent flyers. Pretty good, huh? Uncle Ramus is on target. He's always on target, but I think he just he just blew the target away this week on that particular one. I liked it a lot. Really, really, really liked that quote. Um, all right, things happening on the blog this week. 
Yeah, I've been on a bit of a feminist bashing run. Um, I, I know what you're thinking now. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, Adam, for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but I, I do think that it is the most corrosive aspect to Western society at the moment. And, and like, like I said on my, on my post uh, of yesterday, the greatest, the great, called the greatest danger, the greatest danger of the West is not Islam or, you know, uncontrolled immigration or even you know, North Korea or something like that. It's, it's the feminization of our societies, which, which renders our ability to respond to external threats um, that much weaker. In fact, we can't. We can't respond to them at all. And it's a combination of feminism and, and cultural Marxism, which is the, the big thing. So uh, I'm not... I want, I want it to be clear. I want it to be important. I'm not bashing women. I love women, really. Anyone who knows me in real life knows knows how much I love women. Um, women women aren't the issue here. It's, it's the feminization of our society. It's, 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 it's out of whack. It's out of balance. The balance is not what it should be. If it was, if it was out of whack on a masculine way, I'd be saying the same thing. Honestly, I would. If it's if it's out of balance, it's out of balance. The things don't work. You want things to work. Um, so it's not a it's not a it's not a chick bashing thing. I love chicks, really, I do. Except the ones with blue hair. No, I like the ones with blue hair too. Because they let me know that they've done me the service of letting me know danger, stay away. Nature's warning, blue hair, danger. Blue ring octopus, danger, danger. Stay away. Anyway, I wrote, um, so I think, yeah, I think this this, this feminization thing is, uh, is really important. Then I got a comment today from Mark T. He used to be one of my regular commenters. And then he kind of, I think he dropped off because... Um, I called him out, I think, on something. Anyways, come back. Good, I'm glad, I'm glad. Look, we can't always... Oh. By the way, one of my best friends, one of my best friends is pro-global warming, <laughs> pro-gay marriage, pro-refugees, pro-Palestine. This guy is one of my best friends of all time. You can't let this stuff get in the way. You've got to be able to nut it out. Or, in our case, ignore it completely. Uh, I just don't bring it up. I was thinking this today. Someone asked me the question. Uh, I was having a conversation last night. If you could open like one business, if you could open like one thing, you had you had the funds to do it. You had the location. You had it all, and the business plan was top notch. What would you open? What what would, what would the business be? And I was like, oh, that's a good one. It's a good question. I like that question. And I had to think. I actually I had to think. I had to let we we spoke about it. We went back and forth. It was a bit of a bit of a whiskey night we had. Um, I'm introducing some of my Dutch uh, Dutch in-laws and friends to whiskey. Scotch whiskey, not not bourbon whiskey, but Scotch. Um, so I, I picked up a bottle of uh, Macallan. Uh, where did I get uh, the Sienna? Let me just look it up here. Um, da, 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 um, 
McKellen, McKellen Siena. Um, and uh, it, um, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> Whiskey's a lot cheaper in Europe than it is in Australia. Uh, the bottle goes, and I just checked it here, it's $175, $176 a bottle in Australia. And I picked it up for the equivalent of about uh, $85 Australian here in Holland. Um, really nice Scotch whiskey. And I, I think a really good introductory Scotch whiskey um, for, 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 for guys who are really trying. And they, they specifically asked me, they're like, all right, well, again, the whiskey, you know a little more about whiskey than we do. By the way, I'm not pretending that I'm God's, God's gift to whiskey. I thought, okay, so I went down. I went down. I'll, uh, I'll go get something. You can't if you if you're starting someone off on whiskey. You can't buy them cheap shit, but you can't buy them the really expensive stuff. And I, I think the Macallan um, Sienna is a great um, a great one um, because it is uh, complex, uh, but it's also it's also really approachable. You're not gonna if you're a, if you're a not used to spirits, not used to whiskey. You can get this one down, very 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 smooth. There isn't that bite and burn. Um, so yeah, we had some Macallan Sienna. Anyway, the the, the comment come up came up. If you could um, have, uh, and I'll, I'll get by the way, I'll get back to Mark T's comment. I haven't forgot about that. But if you could, if you could, the one business, what would you do? And I, I would open a gentleman's club. I would call it Piggott's Gentleman's Club. It'd be uh, in a in a nice uh, a nice European city like Amsterdam or you know uh, somewhere in Holland, you know, something like that. In a traditional, you know, beautiful old seventeenth you know, century canal merchant's house, and. Uh, and a true gentleman's club, you know, uh, membership, uh, uh, rules the membership, limited membership, yearly membership. You also pay for your drinks, food, that sort of thing. Really nice, you know, cigar smoking room, a, a gymnasium, which would only have, you know, squat racks in it, obviously. Um, uh, uh place to eat a, a great bar a great lounge a fire going you've got a you have a like a maitre d there major duomo at the door it's a really really top-notch gentleman's club is what the business that i would run if like i said if the the money was 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 not an issue and the business plan worked so it was a successful business that would be my business so if any of you are listening out there of course it would be male only <laughs> of course um, we wouldn't even have girls uh, serving behind the bar all gentlemen no fags homo free zone uh, women free zone good conversation good alcohol great alcohol great wines great food great cigars great comfort wood panels just go in there and read a book or you want to have lunch, get away from the office and can have lunch, just go there and have lunch. You can bring a guest, you know, one guest per member sort of thing. I'd work out the rules. Uh, maybe like a, a swimming pool we could do, you know, laps or stuff like that. 
an outdoor sitting area, terrace. Gentlemen's club. That's what I do. Gentlemen's club. Great music, obviously. Anyway. So uh, the next uh, the next whiskey session, I'll let the boys know that. Uh, yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be Piggott's Gentlemen's Club. Anyway, Mark T responded to my post on the greatest danger, which I consider that to be feminism, feminization of our societies. Like I said, it 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 restricts our ability to respond to external threats. Uh, Mark tends to disagree with me a lot on comments. He tries to, uh, and look, I mean, I get that. I mean, it's, um, if you read a, an article, any article, not just on my blog, and you agree with everything that's been written, oh, it's hard, it's actually hard to write a comment. I agree. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, it can be, you, you can generally only, only write a positive comment if you've got like a real world example, your own experience, something you saw to, to say, yeah, yeah, I agree with this and this is this is actually how I've seen it happen, blah, 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 blah. But just, you know, um, writing a comment, yeah, I agree, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Mark, Mark, when he does a comment, he, he likes to comment when he, to find something he disagrees with. And look, I'm, I'm absolutely cool with this. I'm very, very cool, uh, up to a point. If I, if I, I think the the running I had with Mark, I think it was a few months, several months ago, was that he disagreed with me. I responded, made my point, and he kept banging on about it. I was just like, look, man, feel free to disagree, but I'm not going to have stated my my point anyway. So here's Mark's comment: uh, Has it ever occurred to you that the extent to which you are correct? that feminists and women in general are rational is also the extent to which they can never be that dangerous. Or to put it in other, in other words, the irrational is impotent in the face of reality and can never be truly powerful in the long run. I agree with that. They may seize power at a particular point in history, but their power is... Emph- I never know how to pronounce that word. Emphimal? Emphimal? And ultimately collapses under the weight of their own irrationality and contradictions, just like any dictatorship always has throughout history. Yeah, but the dictatorships tend to be painful for all concerned who are stuck in the middle of it while it's going on, just so you remember. So you're saying you can never be that dangerous, but you're comparing it to a dictatorship. Well... For everyone concerned who comes into contact with a dictatorship, they tend to be very fucking dangerous indeed. Very dangerous indeed. To whoever's stuck in them. Uh, if you do disagree with that, me with that, volunteer to go back to 1930s Germany, is it? Not even as a Jew. Volunteer to go back to 1930s Germany. See how you go. Mark continues. I don't disagree with what you've said in terms of our society becoming over-feminized. In large part due to your insights, I'm increasingly alert to the negative impacts of that, particularly in terms of my boys' schooling and the fact that they have no male teachers. Good. I'm glad I've had some positive influence. So it's something I'm aware of and taking steps to mitigate within my own family, but I think regarding them as the greatest danger is to overblow and exaggerate their power and grant them an importance they don't deserve. Um, Well, Mark, by your comment alone, you've granted them an importance 
that they deserve because you're increasingly alert to the in and negative impacts of them on your own on your boys upbringing that seems it's, it's contradiction here I just feel like that mark hasn't has it's like fully swallowing the red pill you can only go in steps because it's too bitter and overpowering to do it at once so what we got here with mark is is and I really emphasize empathize with uh, where he is um, you can only come at this obliquely you can only do it step by step and he's this is a great example of someone doing it step by step so you read the comment it's full of contradictions but that's what you got to do as someone on a journey when you're swallowing the red pill right. frankly if you're having to watch over your kids and your boys at school just the fact that they got no male teachers in itself all right that's already feminism is dangerous because it's innocuous it seems like it's not a big deal oh you know okay there's not many male teachers oh well you know you know the real danger from feminism the feminization sorry the real danger from the feminization of our society is the effect that it has on boys that those boys then carry into manhood themselves because within a few generations that's where the destruction occurs not from the women but from the men who've been feminized and brought up to believe and they and they truly believe it and they become zealots for the cause or they become fucked up and they they spend most of their adult life trying to get over all of the shit that they had rammed down their throats when they were kids instead of being fully productive members of society but they could be well they could have been so uh, I think feminism is extremely dangerous um, it's uh, we've lowered our guard with it for, for 50 years and yet we look around our societies and they're not the places that 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 we grew up we grew up in and moving to Holland has really really opened my eyes to it really opened my eyes um, it because it's not it's not in any way shape or form feminized anywhere close to what's happened in anglo-saxon countries in the modern day world it's just it's just not, not even close here i i i think that, that the things that really impact me here is the sense of community a healthy community um that's apparent that people people here i'll give you an example so on the weekend uh on saturday at 12, 12, 12 p.m., my wife and I went to her sister's, my sister-in-law's uh, twin girls. I got twin. I had twin nieces. They're six years old. Uh, gorgeous kids, and um, they don't speak any English. And my Dutch is uh, progressing not as fast as I want. Um, so they give me a lot of shit. Um, they had their they're swimming their big swimming test so holland of course is i mean when we say holland is full of water unless you've been here you just got no idea you walk down the street there's a canal there's a turn the corner there's a lake there's a, it's just there's water everywhere i've never seen a country like this and i lived in the tropics never i mean the tropics in australia it, it rains a lot but this just all goes away here it's just it's just it's 
it's an amazing country, uh, water-wise. I tell you right now, and their engineering stuff around it is is insane. Um, but because of this, the kids have to learn to swim from a very early age because your chances chances of falling in pretty damn high. Adults, most most um, adult drivers I know here have done a um, an underwater car escape course where you you know your car goes off the road into a canal and how do you get out? Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, the kids the kids had their big big test. Now to get to get to this level to do the test, they had to pass a whole bunch of stages, and uh, they're not. I tell you what, in Holland. They don't give out gold stars for showing up. If you're not up to the standard, this is six-year-old kids here, yeah? if you're not up to the standard, mm, nah, come back next time. And you've got kids crying their eyes out in the corner, rah, 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 rah. Apparently, I didn't see any of this stuff. And one of the twins uh, got got bumped twice. One of the twins got, got through first time. One of the twins got bumped twice. Uh, and that's the thing I really like about Holland. You know, it's just like... Personal responsibility from a very young age, and get used to disappointments. Get used to failing. The Dutch, the Dutch don't carry anyone. They really don't carry anyone. It's it's beautiful to see. I love it. I really love it. My wife, my wife keeps telling me to shut up about this stuff on the podcast, and because she's like, we don't want any, everyone else coming here. It's bad enough as it is. Really like this place. Anyway, so the big thing on Saturday was was basically, if you got to Saturday, you've passed. You, you have to really, really, really stuff up badly on Saturday, on, on the big test on Saturday that we went to, uh, to not get your, your certificate. And this is the A level, and it goes A, B, C, D. So this is their first one for these kids. There were some kids there that were like eight or nine. Uh, but the majority were around about six, six or seven. Um, it was a... Indoor pool, half Olympic size, so 25 metres long. I don't know what that is in, but half Olympic, okay? Um, there were, uh, it's, we, we went inside and there's the, the tiered seating up above the pool, so you're looking down onto the pool. Um, there were probably about 50 kids doing their big, big test. And I shit you not, I did a rough count. My rough count was about 500 spectators on a Saturday, uh, Saturday at 12 at noon. At least 500 people there watching and cheering on. Friends, relatives, you know, you name it. Uh, the place was absolutely heaving. We had to fight our way in. Um, I just, I just couldn't believe it. And then out came the kids, and it was like big wave and huge cheering and clapping from all the spectators um and the kids you know are down there they're all they're all really proud they're waving but they're all you could you could see the focus on these six-year-olds they were like can't fuck this up (laughs) bit of pressure there yeah so roughly this is what they had to do they had to jump in the water and uh, tread water for about 30 seconds they had to they had to do laps of the pool uh, some like um, breaststroke on their backs. They had to do a side stroke one. Um, we're talking laps of the pool. Six-year-olds, yeah, six-year-olds. 
One of the ones is they had like a, a big tarpaulin with a sp- round, big round hole cut, circle cut in it. And, and they put this in the pool and the kids had to dive off the side of the pool, swim down underwater, through the circle, come up and then keep going and do one lap full 25 metres and then back again. Um, it took probably took about half an hour, I'd say, for them to actually get through all of this. This is six-year-olds. I was, this was, these kids can swim, yeah? They can, they can really swim. What I loved about it was the, the sense of community. Um, and this is not the first thing I've been to since I've been here or, or witnessed. Uh, and I've spoken about this stuff before. A real, a real sense of community and a balanced, happy and harmonious society is what I'm seeing over here. Um, and the kids, teenagers, if you if you if you cross paths with a teenager on the streets in Australia, at best they'll they'll ignore you and not meet eye contact. At worst, I don't know, they'll you know, flip out a knife and try and you know, take your wallet or something. Whenever I pass kids in the street, teenagers, they say hello. Hi, riding past on the bikes. Hi, you're an adult. They're not scared of you. They're not intimidated. They're not. They're not. They're not in their shell and blowing you off as a teenager. You know what teenagers are like. You know, adults don't exist. They look. They look through you. In Anglo-Saxon cultures, I know this is the fact in Australia. I'm pretty sure it's the same in, in the states and Canada and other places. They look through you. You don't exist. Doesn't happen over here. Why? Why? It's a society that works. It's a balanced, harmonious society where here yeah, you've got your yeah, outlier idiots. And you, you see, look, I saw a blue-haired chick today on the way to the gym. She was actually quite good-looking. Even the blue-haired weirdos are good-looking here. Fucking hell. Who would have thought it? And it's really, this is really thrown in a stark relief how unbalanced, how out of whack Anglo-Saxon cultures are. You know? That's a real. It's not just a shame. It's a real tragedy that we've that we've that we've lost it in this way. That we've let our own our own cultures go. That where 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 a parent like Mark has to has to you know be alert to negative impacts on his boys' schooling from his from their own teachers. I just I just find that um, I find it reprehensible. And this is where we are now in Anglo-Saxon cultures. Where are we ending up? Where's it? Where's the? Where's you know? I mean, if it continues along this light away, because the the thing now, and I saw it, a thing on Rollo's is uh, is the war on men is it's just, it's it's getting to the point now where they're just open about it. All men are all men are bad. All men are rapists. You know. One man's a rapist, so all men are rapists. You know, it's like the gun stuff. It's not good the way it's going. All right. Speaking of which, another point on the post that I did on the men only political party, which was the day before yesterday, and I, I had a photo there on my blog of the prime minister of Australian prime minister Malcolm Turnbull. What a fucking cockhead! 
Uh, I mean, isn't he a grinning imbecile? He is just an absolute... I mean, more clueless... More clueless than this guy. I think it was Ross Cameron I saw in Australia. I think it was him who said he was off, he was supposed thought he was off air on Sky and he was like, honestly, what is what is what does Malcolm Turnbull think when he gets up in the morning? He probably thinks, fuck, what am I gonna do today? I've got no fucking idea. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no fucking idea how to run the country. I haven't got a clue. I don't know. Fuck I don't know what I'll do. I'll 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 put a whole bunch of women in my cabinet. Yeah, that'll that'll look like I'm doing something, like I'm progressive, like I'm <laughs> So we got the, the photo there. And I've got the example of uh, Julie Bishop, who's the deputy leader of the Conservative Party, the Liberal Party in Australia. And she's been the deputy leader for 10 years. The foreign minister. And last week in an interview with, uh, I think it was Women's Weekly, she said that uh, her and her female colleagues have devised uh, a little deal under Mr. Turnbull's prime ministership. And this is what she said. Uh, it, it, it didn't matter what the other woman said. The rest of us would go, oh, God, that's brilliant. Did you all hear that? And so we do it now and reinforce each other's point of view, Miss Bishop said. No matter how stupid the idea is, in cabinet, in cabinet, the highest political office of the land, in cabinet, no matter how stupid the idea, if it comes out of a woman's mouth, then it's fucking genius because it came out of a woman's mouth. Now here's the here's here's two points for this. I I, I did the post yesterday as a follow-on to this because I've realised I realised something else that if if that's their stance, if that's their stance that anything that comes out of a woman's mouth is good because it came out of a woman's mouth, not because the idea has any merit of its own. then they'd have to have a contrary stance, which would be anything that comes out of a man's mouth is bad. How destructive, how self-destructive is this? How, I can't even call it immature, it's beyond immature. And to boast about it in public in an interview, to boast about it. Yeah, this is what we do, we're the ladies. We can, and people say to me, Adam, what do you mean about a feminized society? I just look at them, how many more examples do you want? Really? How many more examples do you want? So I put this, this, this got cross-posted at XYZ magazine. Because a lot of my stuff, I, I give them permission to cross-post it. Because I like what they do. And the comments come out. Here we go. I have to disagree with you on this one. Not about Julie Bissett. Think of Margaret Thatcher and Peter Credlin. Two women who could hold their own in a mostly man's world very successfully. It's like not women are all like that in reverse. It's, it's fucking amazing, isn't it? It's just like a tiny, 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 small percentage of men rate women. But, well, feminists obviously think that this means all men are rapists until proven otherwise, which means, you're all, 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 which means by the way, you, <laughs> you can only be proven not a racist when you die. <laughs> um, so a very small percentage of men who rape doesn't then ipso facto make all men rapists and a very even smaller percentage of women who are successful in politics and good leaders does not make the rule invalid you fucking morons I just hate it whenever you come out with a criticism a criticism 
like a really solid criticism of women politicians. Oh, yeah, but what about Margaret Thatcher? What about you stick Margaret Thatcher up your motherfucking asshole? Just so you know, I have Margaret Thatcher's autobiography. I have a biography. I think she's the greatest Western politician of the last 50 years. But she was an outlier. She was literally a bloke. And I'll tell you one other thing. Margaret Thatcher never put a single fucking woman in her cabinet because she knew. I just, it's just, it's just, it's just idiotic that I really, that they, they think, I just can't, I think there was another, oh, there's another comment here, let me have a look here, let me have a look. Um... Uh, two contradictions come to mind, Queen Elizabeth I and Margaret Thatcher. But in general, I think you could be correct. Oh, fucking yes, I'm correct, dipshit. <sighs> Mother of fucking God. It's like not women are all like that in reverse. I just... Oh. Yes, this annoys me. Yes. Yes. It annoys me. <sighs> okay. Um, the other thing I want to talk about today, there was a really uh, interesting piece up at Ace of Spades this week, and it was written by, uh, shit, it's not telling me who it's written by, was it Ace? Yes, it was Ace. All of the, uh, and there's a bunch of commenters over there. There's a bunch of people who post on Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades really should be one of your um, one of your daily drop-in websites, guys. It's on my um, it's on my blog list. It's at the very top, Ace of Spades. It really should be one of your standard drop-in points. Now it's it's completely American focused, but Ace just does. The best commentary. And the thing I love about Ace is he's one of these guys that learns from his mistakes and admits he was wrong. He was anti-Trump man in the in the in the primaries going through, you know, when they're gonna elect who's gonna be the Republican ticket, rah, 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 rah. He was anti-anti-Trump and he uh he finally, finally woke up and smelt the coffee. Um, and I, I really appreciate that, man. I, I don't trust anyone who who's holds their convictions all the time and won't fucking budge. It means it's someone who can't assimilate new information and learn and new ideas. Um, and Ace, when he's on target, he's on target, and he wrote a really good one. Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll link this one in the show notes. Uh, it's about um, the, the NFL players not standing for the flag, taking a knee. Um, and he started off talking about how, um, uh, well, he's, he's, it's all, it's all the flag stuff that's going on. And apparently, uh, some stupid female reporter on ESPN got, um, got, uh, uh, suspended for two weeks by ESPN for something that, excuse me, she put on Twitter. I'll tell you what, to be suspended by ESPN, to be, a, I think it's just a black woman too, I think. Yeah, a black uh, female um, journalist on ESPN to get for a, a black female journalist to be suspended for two weeks from ESPN. You, yeah, they have to do something big, big. Um, 
which was basically saying boycott uh, the, the Cowboys advertisers. And it's just like, hang on, those advertisers give money to ESPN, you stupid fucking slag. Anyway. Ace goes on and on and on. He's got a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, he gets to this point. We're talking about corporations, ESPN, and the NFL in general. Pro tip to corporations. I'm reading from him now. Pro tip to corporations. Social justice warriors do not care about the health of your company. They only care about perverting your company into becoming a propaganda mill for their hard left agitation. And if your company should wither and die due to this transformation, good. In their mind, a business only justifies its existence to the precise extent it is perverted into being a leftist propaganda outfit. If they kill the company outright, that's fine. It's a lesson for the others, and it's just one more capitalist running dog corporation to add to the bonfire. Or, as one of his commenters said, the mission of the left is to, one, number one, identify a respected institution. Number two, kill it. Number three, gut it. Number four, wear its carcass as a skin suit while demanding respect. This is why you should read Ace. Uh, oh, if you're going to comment on Ace's stuff, uh, be aware that you can't comment on old threads, and old threads are like a couple of days old, so don't go back and copy it. It's an automatic ban. He goes through, they've done this to Marvel Comics. Look, done this to Marvel Comics? Shit, they've been doing this for ages. Remember, boys and girls, Gamergate, of which I was a proud part of on my Noisy Rogue blog, Gamergate was the first time that a key a demographic demographic that was under assault, in this case video gamers, stood up and went, no, stick it up your ass. And the off-the-wall hysteria, the off-the-wall hysterical reaction from the left, from the SJWs, from the leftist media, okay, to that showed just how effective it was. What they fought Gamergate was the first pushback. It was the first line in the sand, like, no. The second line in the sand was the sad puppies on the Hugo Awards. Now, if you know what the Hugo Awards are, uh, in science fiction writing, the Hugo Awards is given out um, every year. There's a whole bunch of them, blah, 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 blah. And they've been going for a very long time. I don't know, 50 years, 60 years. Anyway, um, Larry Carriera, who is a uh, science fiction fantasy writer, basically a few years ago said, well, I, I, I think these awards become political in nature. You're only giving out awards to people who have a progressive left bent. And all of the progressive left bent in science fiction fantasy writing mocked and went, no, that's not true. Absolutely not. And so Larry went, all right, I'll prove that uh, you're wrong, that I'm right. I will set up, uh, and he set up sad puppies for the sole purpose not to win Hugo Awards. Boys, girls, Sad Puppies was not set up to win Hugo Awards. Sad Puppies was to prove his point that the whole Hugo Award system, and then by default, the whole publishing industry around it was completely compromised and perverted by the left. And the hysterical reaction that ensued basically proved his point a thousandfold. And then, look, he did it for a couple of years and he backed off. He was like, well, I'm... I don't do this anymore. What's the point of doing this anymore? It's proven. All the SJWs ran around, ah, you didn't win any awards. It was just like, we weren't trying to win awards, dipfucks. You stupid wankstains. We weren't trying to win awards. We were trying to prove 
that you guys are giving awards out only to people who have similar political views to yourself. And now they're open about it. So Larry Currier's plan worked perfectly. So we had Gamergate, then we had Sad Puppies. Vox Day went even off more off the reservation with Sick Puppies, uh, which took it to extremes, which I'm completely fine with. By the way, Vox has his uh, second um, book out about SJWs. SJWs, I think it's always double down. Um, so if you've read his first book, which I, I think you must have, because come on, who hasn't read that? I have ordered my copy. I will do a review of it on the blog soon. I have a bunch of books to review, actually. I've got Vox's new one on SJWs, the Rational Males book on um, called Positive Masculinity. I hate that title. I really hate that fucking title. Let's call it masculinity. Don't Don't give credence to their toxic masculinity term by saying it has to be positive fucking bullshit uh i gotta review that um and i gotta review something else i can't remember i gotta read that anyway so sjw's go in and they kill they kill uh well what they've done is they've been they haven't gone out after corporations up to this point directly they've gone after them obliquely like we'll say uh, hollywood for instance and we're seeing the effects now of that with Harvey Weinstein. Uh, they've gone after publishing publishing companies, I suppose, like they've completely, any major publishing company you can think of has been completely converged. But they were more after the fact, excuse me again, sorry, sorry. It's revolting. Drinking beer. I have to drink something when I'm doing this podcast, otherwise my voice goes so dry. Um, they, uh, I should drink wine. Maybe I drink just Macallan Sienna, Scotch whiskey. <laughs> um, but they haven't, they've been going after the publishing industry in general because it's books. They're after the, they're after the means of controlling the information flow. So books, magazines, comics, film, television, radio, all of this stuff. I spoke about this last week. All of this stuff, apart from the Hard, hard right shock jocks on radio. I converged a lot of it, but now they're going after corporations. Now you see it in you see it in Australia. Um, out of the big four banks in Australia, Westpac and National Australia Bank are completely converged, and Commonwealth and ANZ are not too far behind them. Qantas airline completely converged Telstra which is telecommunications uh, Goliath converged I could go on and on and on and on on and you just have to see that with the moment at the moment on the gay marriage vote the AFL and the NFL so Australian Football League and uh, and the rugby league completely converged So they're going after major corporations and sporting quotes. You can see the NFL in the America, the American Football League, well, obviously completely converged with this whole kneeling for the anthem shit that's going on. And I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this one because it's converged 
and obviously the the left just want to burn it down, gut it, and kill it. But now the reaction from the right has been burn it down, gut it, and kill it. I, su- I suppose if it's if it's that infected, it has to happen, doesn't it? It has to happen that way. So they win. Or they lose, as long as we learn the lesson, set up a new one, and close the gates to any infiltrators trying to come in. Anyway, I still haven't got to my point yet on Ace's, uh, Ace's fantastic article. Uh, he goes on about Marvel Comics a bit. Here we go. An awful, I'm reading from Ace again, an awful lot of political power in this country is wielded by corporations. You are far more likely to be punished by your employer for non-officially approved speech than by the government. We cannot sit idly by as the SJWs identify, kill, gut and wear the skin suit of one powerful institution after another without any kind of pushback whatsoever. I read that. that's, that's, That's a little quote. I read that and I just went, of course. And I don't think Ace has made the connection because he goes on a different tangent. But I thought to myself, of course. If we take the US as an example. The left can't kill free speech through government decree because of the US Constitution. It just, I think, what is it, the First Amendment? whatever it is, Uh, for freedom of speech there and freedom of political association, they just can't get around that pesky constitution. So what have they done? They've gone to the corporations. Look, when the whole, there was a free speech thing was going on there last month. I can't even remember what the topic was. There's so many of this shit going down now. Oh, let's take uh, the guy who got fired from Google. The engineer who got fired from Google as an example. Now, I've seen it said a lot of times on the right here, on the alt-right as well. You can have your freedom of your speech, but you're not free to say things when you're working for an employer. The thing is, though, a lot of people who have been, who have lost their jobs through their employer, were saying stuff on their own private social media accounts that has nothing to do with their employer. The left are policing, and 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 I've seen on the on the right and on the, on the alt right as well. It's like, well, you know. Freedom of speech means yeah, you can say whatever you want, but take the consequences as well. It's just like that always sat in my craw the wrong way. I was like, ah. I'm finding it hard to come up with an argument to counter that, but I and I'm really finding it hard, but I just don't like what you're saying. There's something wrong with it. There's something inherently wrong. This is what's wrong. They're not going after free speech through the government. They're going after free speech through your job. One major 
employer at a time. And at the same time, well, they they hate capitalism. This is why these 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 companies getting in bed with them is just it's so far beyond belief. Apart from the the the, the cowardly sheer cowardice that's going on, I say to people all the time, people who are on their way of you know starting off in employment, I say, just say to them, the closer you get to the top the dumber you'll find them, the dumber they are. The closer you get to the top of an organisation, the dumber they are. The fuckwits get promoted because no one wants to work with them. They don't have the balls to fire them, so they just promote them so they don't have to work with their arsehole anymore. Cowardly. All they're good at is climbing a totem pole, a greasy, greasy pole, greasy from all of all of the juice that they themselves have splattered across it on their way up. These are the people who are giving into the left. So the left are going after free speech, not through the government, but through employers. And we're enabling that by going, oh well, you know, yeah, you know, employer has every right to blah 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 blah. No, they don't. Not at least not in the US. I mean, you're supposed to have freedom of political association, right? Isn't that kind of enshrined in your constitution as well? But try be a. We had um, actor James Woods. Great actor. Love James Woods. Um, formally announced his retirement this week because he can't get work in Hollywood anymore because he's a, a known conservative. It's like a reverse of the blacklist. He's been the rest of the red list. He's been blacklisted. You need to think really. Those of us on the right defending freedom of speech, you need to think think very very carefully about people who get who say something and get done by their employer. This is the back door shutting down of freedom of speech that the left are going after. It's smart. It's smart. Where can you hurt people the most? When they have to provide for their families. When they have to pay the mortgage, keep a roof over their heads, get to keep the kids in school, keep food on the table. That's what they go after. These people are people are merciless and heartless. Which means they have to be merciless and heartless in return. So the woman the woman who who got suspended by ESPN. I don't know if she was doing it on a personal account or through an ESPN account. I'm looking at it now. I don't know. If she was doing it on a personal account, say the fuck what you want. You're revealing yourself by what you say. Go ahead. I'm all for freedom of speech. I'm all for it. Do I want this this stupid, stupid bint from ESPN to be suspended for two weeks? No. No. Whoa, why would you do that? I want a, I want a tweeting more. More, I want a tweeting more. Please, more. I want the stupidity to continue. I want the stupidity to continue. We need, we need, we need the stupids out there. I'm so upset that Meryl Streep has been silent since the Harvey Weinstein 
tidal wave burst over Hollywood. This is Meryl Streep who got up at the Oscars. And her prim little mouth like a cat's asshole lectured the world on our awful misogyny. And then's at the at the after party, rubbing herself up and down Harvey Weinstein's leg. The the stupid it burns. Oh, I wish Meryl Streep was. Oh, oh God. Nothing. I've been checking. Oh, the first person I thought of when the Harvey the Harvey Wallbanger <laughs> the Harvey Wallbanger broke. As they should call it. It's the Harvey Wallbanger. Is that the name of the drink? That's the name of the drink. It's the Harvey Wallbanger. Let's put in... I'll go to a search engine now. I'll put in... Harvey. Oh, look, it's Weinstein. <laughs> Just H-A-R, I got Harvey Weinstein. W-R... Oh, now we've got Harvey Wallbanger. There we go. Well, that's it's the Harvey Wallbanger, isn't it? Harvey Weinbanger, Wallbanger. I mean, this is great. I did a little post about that. Don't you steal it, you fucks. Um, I never got a Harvey Wallbanger. It's just a fucking screwdriver. That's what I thought anyway. Oh, I suppose it's got Galliano in it. Ugh. Ugh. That's for pouring cream on top of it. Ugh. Yeah, not a fan of that drink. Um, I, I, I want them talking more. It was just like, oh, we shut down, we shut down this one on the left, which I don't want them to shut them down. A, the, the precedent, the, the, the precedent swings both ways, dipshits. Don't, no one should be shutting down anyone, as long as they're not using their official work communications to do it. If you're using your work communications, then you're speaking on behalf of your employer. If you speak on behalf of your employer, you better you better you better tell your employer's lie. Or you keep your trap shut. Look. Um I have I have quite a bit of stuff that goes on behind the scenes on this blog with with other writers, um, well known bloggers and stuff like that. Disagreements. I've had. I've had agreements to do certain work fall through. All sorts of stuff's gone on. Lots of stuff goes down. You don't talk about it. You don't say a word in public. Keep it professional. There's your professional life. There's your private life. Professional life, guys. Keep it professional every single time. With your professional life, it's like with chicks. If the girls, if you got young guys are listening to this, you're teenage and you've got girls at school and you're wondering how to get girls at school. Okay. There's two ways to get girls at school. There's two things you need to do. One, don't smell like you've never washed, you haven't washed this week. All right? Wear deodorant, good deodorant. Not some bloody Rexona shit. Two, you get with a girl, you make out with her, you sleep with her, whatever. No one knows about it. You don't tell your mates. You don't tell. You don't tell the wall. You don't tell it to the wall in your bedroom. You say nothing. You don't even do an eye roll. Most like, oh, that chick is coming out. She'd be nice, wouldn't she? Yeah, and you've already slept with her like a dozen times in the last two weeks. So it's like, no, oh, 
yeah, 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 she could be alright. Yeah, she seems nice. You don't say a thing. What do you think happened? Very quickly. Word gets around the girls that if they sleep with you, you won't mouth off about it. What do you think's going to happen then? Bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. Same thing in your professional life. You get a reputation for keeping your big gob shut as regards to your professional life. Any work you do, no matter how unfair you've been treated, no matter how disappointed you may be, no matter how angry you may be, you shut it. You shut the trap. That's what the whole thing with Mike Cernovich that went on with, uh, or Cernovich, whatever they call it. Oh, sorry, with Mike Cernovich, the, the, it's an Italian name, and the pronunciation is Cernovich. So I lived in Italy. It's my natural thing to come out. I've been caught this before. He wants to be called Cernovich, call him Cernovich, Cernovich. The thing that came out with the, the guy who was, who I think was working with him on that god-awful, terrible movie he made on freedom of speech, which I tore to pieces in a blistering review. Um, that public meltdown from both sides, from both sides, was just just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Never say anything, guys, in, you know, in regards to your professional stuff. Hey, look, as regards to your... Which guys in social media, whatever, your Facebook or whatever you got. I don't know what the kids have these days. There's probably something else. Pin interest, is that something? So you better say what the fuck you want. Freedom of speech. Does your employer own you? Does they, do they own your social media accounts? We can't, we can't celebrate lefties getting... For two reasons. It comes back to us, but and B, we want, God, we want them to talk. They are so stupid. Oh, they are so stupid. All right, moment point. Uh, shout outs this week. Captain Capitalism, of course, sponsors his blog. Hey, Aaron. Um, he, um, Aaron has a website, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. I can't believe he's on the evil Google. Um... Uh, he has a consultancy business called Arsehole Consulting, which is which is a genius idea, because I I get I get pretty regularly. I probably get oh, I'm not on the level of Aaron is, but I probably get once every once every couple of weeks. I get an email, you know, oh Adam blah blah blah. And it's a heartfelt email, and someone's read my book, and I just feel an obligation. And some of these take me a long time to respond to. And Cappy Cappy has just monetized it. It's like yeah, I'll respond to it, but it's going to cost you this. That's brilliant, and he'll and it's asshole consulting. So he'll uh, he'll tell you he'll tell you the truth as he sees it. He did have this one this week. Uh, I always I always jump in to check out how he um, it was one on Australia. It's a, it's a, an Australian kid who's living in a van in Australia and apparently saving two and a half grand a month. What a brilliant idea! Brilliant, brilliant. He's uh, he's. Uh, Showers in the gym. Oh, fucking brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Anyway, 
Cappy's, uh, and this was a request on um, on Arsenal Consulting, and what Cappy does is he puts this up as YouTube videos. So anyone can watch them, but he keeps them, he keeps them uh, discreet in a sense. He's not going to drop your name. Um, anyway, I, I had, had a look at this one because it was about Australia and about, you know, Cappy was talking about the Australian uh, real estate market, which is an absolute, it is the biggest housing bubble in the history of the world. The history of the world. And everyone, every Australian I know that's argued with me that it's not is vulnerable to it being a bubble. Every single one. Um, McCaffey has some good advice to him. Uh, the Aunt Cappy, if you're listening, which I know you are, it's a Seppo, not septic, Seppo. So septic tank, yank, Seppo. Okay, it's not septic. Seppo, just so. Seppo is the name that Australians have for you, our cousins, across the uh, Pacific Pond. All right. So um, check out Aaron Cleary. Speaking of houses, the good wife and I uh, are trying to buy a house in Holland. Uh, we're trying to buy a house here because uh, I've rented my whole life because renting has always made sense. Uh, financially um, and now it's not because in Holland it's more expensive to rent than it is to pay off a mortgage at the moment interest rates in Holland are around 2% and you can get that interest rate capped for 30 years so there's it's never going to go up ever 30 year fixed how's that for unbelievable so the good uh, good wife and I are looking for a house to buy. It's uh, it started off exciting. It's now got very 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 annoying. Um, I'll I'm going to say one thing about it, and that's when you walk into a house, and there's a sign saying "Love is where the home is." Our home is uh, love, and and uh, you know when they put up this sign with these ridiculous sayings, I just like. You can gauge a house's unhappiness by the amount of syrupy sayings of that sort of bent that are plastered around. I sometimes some of them have them above their bed in like a big arc, and it's like it's like painted on the wall, letter screened on the wall. You know, the joyous of the. Oh, I can't. I look at this stuff. I go, I just roll my eyes. Look at my wife roll my eyes. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! Oh, that's funny, funny things about it. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like this podcast, please follow me on SoundCloud and subscribe. Uh, also, you can leave me a lo- uh, review on iTunes. That's really appreciated. Um, all of you have bought my book so far. If you could leave a review, be fantastic. I tell you what, the more reviews I get, the more sales I get. Reviews are everything. For an independent publish, publisher, writer, publisher on Amazon. Reviews are everything. Thank you so much to those people who left me reviews. But for those of you who haven't, oh, please go and leave me a review. All right? I'd really, 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 really appreciate it. Big time. Um, you can check out my blog at pushingrubberdownhill.com. You can follow my blog there and you press the button putting your email address. And every time I write a post, you'll get a little email with the link to the thread. 
in question. And you can check out my two books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures, how I went from a sniveling little snot bag to a manly man doing manly things via whitewater rafting and how you can read that and be inspired to get your masculine shit together as well. And my second book, Run Cuts, Pull Cones, about a rafting season in the Italian Alps, about a clash of cultures and about a masculine working environment and what that's like. Um, they've both got really great reviews. I'm both very proud of those books. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of both those books. Um, I'm doing my third book as we speak. It's on a completely different tangent. Um, and it's called How to Be a Man in a Feminized World. So I don't know when that's going to come out, but because it's proving challenging. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, I'll see you all next week.